it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. Philadelphia's standing away. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going. Devin Smith got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh! And for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. All right. Happy Tuesday to all you fine Buckeye fans. I'm Timmy Hall. Waiting around all day to do this show, to have a good time with my guys here. Producer Bodie, the boatman is back there. My friend, your friend, the DB himself, Tyvis Powell. Nice sweatshirt, national champs, huh? You know, it's it's always nice because, you know, some people wear this sweatshirt and, you know, people got like the license plate, like national champions. And it's interesting to be like the reason people get to wear that stuff mm. like it's it's really an honor and a blessing must be nice every time i see somebody wear like 2014 or 20 whatever they want to call it 2014 or 2015 national champions it's like wow like i actually was like i played a part in that like it's actually really cool to think about like man i played a part in that like I, people there's gear out there that's happened because of something that i was a part of i have often thought and wondered what that would feel like to be a part of something so big and so special you know at the, it's sad because when we did it like don't get me wrong i was so happy for the team like i was happy that we did it to be like man we actually won a national championship but but the crazy thing is i was already on to next year like i'm like let's go do it again and that's sad that i was like that i've always been like that till until like recently that I've always been on, all right, that's cool, but what's next? Well, don't you, when you're a part of it and you're in that, don't you have sort of a something that you can't even really describe mentally going on? You can't really what? process how rare of a thing that is, how many human beings well, walk know, planet Earth or are in the United States of America that love sports, mm-hmm. grew up playing sports, but eventually their playing career ends, likely in high school. Yeah. And they don't ever get those letters or those calls yeah. to be a part of a place like Ohio State or similar. But I've never I never thought about None of that? that? Never thought about but that. But that's I think that's the reason you're not thinking of it that way, because y- your journey was always leading you to that. And then when you win the national championship, you're probably thinking about how national championships were won at Ohio State before mm-hmm. or another team, like since two thousand two to do this well actually my thought was you know one is cool but i like to do something like i want to i want to okay it's nice to be solidified in ohio state history but it's like let's do something that's never been done in ohio state's history i get that let's go back to back like let's do that like that's something that that's big let's do something like that and that's and it's sad and my mama used to tell me this all the time you need to celebrate you need to celebrate your accomplishments but it was like and it's funny because tom brady came out and said something like so I never actually paid attention to some of the stuff I did because I was always worried about the next thing. Because it's like when you when you get to a certain part of your your career, it's like when you start to look back, that's when the end is coming near. But like if you're so busy trying to blaze forward and trying to wow. do other things, it's like you never take the time to reflect because you're so busy trying to do something else. Like I that was cool to accomplish that, but I'm trying to get instead of one Super Bowl, I'm trying to win five. So I'm not thinking about the first Super Bowl we won because I'm already trying to get four the, the second one and the third one. So it's like it's interesting because like every time somebody starts to reflect on their career, you know that the end of their career is coming. 
It's great stuff, Tyvis. <laughs> you're, blow, you're blowing my mind here on a Tuesday. All these big accomplishments, this MBN. I'm just here trying to do a nice job in the evening show for the fine people of Columbus. Me too. I'm that's right. my thing. I mean, that's, that's my, all I got. My thing is to be the best version of Tyvis Pyle for these fans that's listening, that's been waiting since all day for 6 o'clock to come around for you and I. Oh, but, you know, you mentioned getting to see... You know, 2014 championship gear, and you're wearing the homage sweatshirt, and that, that's cool. It's really that one was that a 2014? Yeah, they threw the they threw the year on the end of that one, so that one clearly was made because of that national championship. And I wonder how many of those 42, 54, 57, 61, 68, 70, 2002, 2014. We know 2002 is just is fine and dandy. That one's gravy. That was the BCS era. Mm-hmm. There was a national championship game and the Buckeyes won it. But we know old-timey college football, there's a million different pollsters out yeah, there. Yeah. And you could be <laughs> national champs in this, not national champs in that. There could have been another big-time undefeated team that lived out there, Which and you never like. played at the end of the season, so we don't know. I don't like that. I don't I don't like that either. I when don't know did, why we always sat around when, and liked that. that. I don't know. That stopped after when? The 1997. Bodie, do you remember 97 <laughs> or 98? I think Michigan's shared national title was the one right before the first BCS I don't like that. championship game was Tennessee in that one. That sounds right. 98, right? Tennessee, Tennessee won it, right? The year after Peyton left with T. Martin quarterbacking right. them. Yeah. I don't know who Tennessee beat I don't discredit year. all the, the six national champions before that, before yeah. the BCS era. But I What's mean, your first BCS championship game memory? This one. The, I mean, no, no, the no. 2002. Uh, 2002 was yeah. your first one. You don't yeah. remember Michael Vick out there? No. You don't remember Michael Vick for for, for I, Virginia Tech? No, I don't. I, I watched the highlights. Out there in like a BCS I, title game? I've never seen it. Did he win it? No, they lost. To who? The Knowles. Florida State. Florida State was also the team that Tennessee beat there in uh, 98. Who was that team? That was the year after Peyton Manning. Guy named T. Martin was their no, no, quarterback. No, no, I'm talking about who was at Florida State. Oh, pff, when the, they beat Vic. Shoot, they must have had somebody. In, Charlie somebody. Ward, maybe. Oh, okay, I, I don't. Okay, I don't a, know. That's, that's a respect. I'm, I'm guy. thinking on the fly right now. But okay. I saw I saw some Vic highlights recently, and it's hard for me to fathom now how long ago that was and just how <laughs> just how different college football what, is 22 years or 20, and, well years and also ago. just how big of a deal that must have been for the folks in blacksburg virginia to find a guy like michael vick because they doing have, his thing for they him had that success since before since. or since right um, they didn't have a guy like that that was just lighting the college football world, really the football world. I'm trying, not just to. college football. Yeah, you know, and then he did his things with the dogs. And then he went away for a while. <laughs> that was bad. Then he I'm bounced just, back well from yeah, that. I'm about though. to say he went to Philly and he was back on. He bounced again. back well from that. I'm trying to think. Of did his time another like big time Virginia Tech guy? Cam Chancellor's the only guy, but he wasn't even like. Uh, you went like fifth yeah, round, but I'm so. t- I'm talking about a game, guys that yeah. are rise what, above just yeah. great Virginia Tech none, player, all time level, you know, college football great, just none. electrifying athlete kind of guy. Yeah. Changes the game. Michael Vick, and then that's that's about it. That's for for Virginia Tech. But no, dude, that's very interesting. I started the show with with looking at that stuff, and that you get to take some some pleasure in that mm-hmm. and seeing all the license plates and shirts that are around there and that you were a part of that. 
and that uh, you weren't thinking about that in time. So, you know, building off of that and a little of what we got going on tonight, we, we do want to talk about something in the NIL world. I know you're doing some things there. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about that, but something that came down over the weekend that we didn't hit on yet. Later on, Storytime Tuesday, 6.48 tonight, Tyvis will regale us with a good old story <laughs> from his playing days, which you just mentioned something about going from the 2014 season, winning the title, and then right into 2015. Yep. You'll have something from that 2015 season yeah. to tell us all about. And it's not the Michigan State situation. No. No. No, this is before the, the Michigan State there we go. situation. I look forward to that at 7.19 tonight after our college football pulse. I uh, got a chance to go on a podcast with Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch, some off-season Buckeye men's hoops topics. He will come on the show tonight. little reciprocation of that, what all we were talking about. We'll tease that pod. And at 7.33, here's your, here's your Buckeye question of the day. I want you guys to tweet at the show, at the Buckeye show, and then we'll tell you at 7.33 your perfect college football Saturday from wake up to bedtime. I'm dying to hear what Bodie's sounds like <laughs> and how different that is from the rest of us. I, I Putting can, together a Bowflex machine. I can only imagine. All the good he, eats that are in that day. What he's going to say. <laughs> it's going to be good. Well, it, does it take place at Notre Dame? Just, just for him. Um, a perfect day, I almost think, would just be... I don't want to hear it yet. Okay, yeah, you'll find <laughs> out. That's, That's 733. You'll see, Tyler. That's a little thing called you'll see. Well placed, Bodie. But here for right now, Let's uh, talk about the beard. Let's talk about Ryan Day. And we were uh, we were chatting before the show, and we both got into this discussion about his legacy and how much is on the line this year for Ryan Day. Because if you believe in that sort of thing, and you know whether you do or not, college football does. It is judged. It is critiqued. It, there is scorekeeping in a major way. Statistics, all this stuff. That's what fans ultimately look at. And I know guys that are living it and they're in it as coaches and maybe players. Mm-hmm. Uh, even at the college level, the coaches are getting paid a big-time salary. So I don't know if it's it's more about just doing something that I loved and now I'm highly compensated and I'm trying to block out a lot of that noise because you hear them say that a lot. I'm not listening to that stuff. Yeah. It's the headlines. I'm blocking it out. But I don't know. I don't know. Even if they say that they don't, because I would imagine you're making so much money at some point that the legacy has to matter because the money now is an afterthought. I've got so much money I can buy or do anything that I want. So this job must matter a lot, how I do, how people view me. And to me, in this chair, this seems like a very big year for Ryan Day when it comes to that. No, I agree with you 1,000%. I mean, yeah, legacy, that's the thing because it's – for Ryan Day, he's in a situation because it's been so many great coaches that's come before him, you know, and you come, you're, you're replacing a guy who won big games, you know, went seven to no against the team up north. So, which I don't even know if that's ever been done before. It's been undefeated against them, right? I think Urban's the only coach. Yeah. 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 So, like, that's so that so, can't be done. That, <laughs> Already failed at that. So it's some big, you know what? It's some big shoes to fill. But the one thing, so right now Ryan Day's one and two and that against the team up north and he's lost some some I think he's won one game in the CFP since being the head coach. And you know, the guy before him obviously he won it. The only thing that can really save his legacy is he has to win the team up north to get back to five hundred because if you're five hundred, you know, people will respect that. 
And if you win the championship, then it's like the rest of everything you've done before that could be all forgiven. So I think this is a huge year for him. And I'm pretty sure, you know, he's probably feeling that pressure a little bit about winning that last game and taking him to the national championship. What else are we going to look at when we think about Ryan Day's legacy here at Ohio State? We're just getting started tonight. Tyvis is in for the full two hours. Well, yeah, of course he's in for the full two hours. And he's not going to leave at 648 before he tells you his story. It's possible. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's all coming up. You guys have the Buckeye Show on the fan. We're known for three things. Games, conversation, and common man yelling about things only he cares about. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Scarlet and Gray, 24-7. Or however long the show is tonight. You are listening to The Buckeye Show on The Fan. Yes, you are. Timmy Hall, Tyvis Powell. The team of T's tonight. Hey, by the way, the Columbus crew are celebrating 614 Day with a youth soccer extravaganza. It's Wednesday from 3 to 5. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. If you're a kid who breathes air, this is for you. So head to 971thefan.com for more details. Forgot to mention him yesterday, but man of the weekend here in Columbus, Lucas Zellerayan. My God, man. Tyvis, I don't know if you saw the game. Because MLS moved all the way to Apple TV now. I don't know if you got on the package there, but... No, I'm not on the package. Well, if you pay attention to our Columbus sports teams, you got to know Cucho, you got to know Lucas. These guys are studs. And when a dude hits a winner, basically a buzzer beater from 52 yards away from his own end of midfield because the keeper kind of came out because the ball was on the other side of the pitch mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Insane. And he's been known to do this. He can make that shot, but to actually see it in a game in extra time, yeah. and that's the difference in the tie was or it, the draw and the win? Was it Whoa. in Columbus? No, it was in Soldier Field, Chicago oh. Bears land. Oh. They beat the Chicago Fire, got the three points. That was big. I mean, Common man should have been there. He should have went crazy. God, what's the deal with uh, the Bears stadium situation? They're, Seen any updates on that? Is that they, happening? Ain't they moving out of Chicago? That's, I'm, that's what I'm asking you. Is I that, have no idea. Is that a go? We, you, we have to ask Justin Fields. I think it's going towards the the suburbs. Everyone seems to want to do that now. The commanders are thinking about that. They're playing Northern Virginia, Chicago in the suburbs. Really? Yeah. That, I'm talking about the commanders. They were, well, I mean, because their stadium. I'm talking is, about both now. Well, which both have stadium well, I, issues. Well, Soldier, I don't under, I don't know what the Soldier Fields issues is, but the commanders <laughs> that, that it's just terrible. Anytime it's more than 15 years old, now it seems that's not good enough. The shoe is a hundred years old, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, it is. And, and I say, and I say one thing. And no, I, don't say look, look. it. <laughs> we're, we're getting back to Ryan Day's legacy talk here. Don't say something I, I, blasphemous about the shoe I, and get right. everybody in a, That's a tizzy what, on a Tuesday night. All I was saying, I don't listen. Eric Reeser says, "Blow it up, blow I'm it not, up." If, well, Eric Reeser's a communist, I'm not all right? Blow it up. Have I'm you seen saying, him? All I'm saying is. It'd be nice to have a dome. God, no. Eric Reeser's favorite show is The Americans, all right? You can't listen to him. I don't even know what that is. That's the show about the communists that live in America. <laughs> so, no. I mean, come on. <laughs> not, not yet. That's what I say. That's what I say to you on that subject. Not, not yet. Not yet. I'm not saying ever get rid of it because it's a it's a historical site. It is a historical site. But it's time to, to move somewhere oh. where with a dome. Yeah, well, you gotta play a couple games in there. I don't know, man. Just uh, not there yet. 
Not there you, yet. You if if this team hosts a playoff game, you'll thank me then. No, just winterize it, man. No, put the fire. <laughs> no. Put the fire no. under the grass. You know who says heat that? heat the people's butts you know, on the benches. You know You're what, fine. You know what kind of person says that? Somebody that someone that doesn't go? go to the game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. But there's a lot of people that still will. You know how? Oh, you guys, you listen. like to pay some money to go watch big time Ohio State. Don't football you want to be comfortable? Watching it, look. Gene Smith just came out and said that the reason that they're not playing night games anymore past November is because they have to think of the older crowd that's going to be there. I understand the if older that, crowd. If that, I get that. And, and weather plays a part. But if they had a dome, ah, the weather wouldn't matter. Are you saying that we can't have cold weather sports because old people exist? Like I get, I want to, I want to think about them, but I also enjoy, don't want to. No, Tim, they can't enjoy, stop something just because of them. No, they can't enjoy seeing their grandson or their son. Well, they could. Or they just have to take a blanket for a couple hours. Not, not you ain't gonna be comfortable doing. Maybe that. you watch one half and then you go inside somewhere for the Maybe, other half. There could the, be some amenities at the stadium. The, what about the players out there? You think no. they want to do that? Well, I, it sounds like you don't. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like, getting, really, sounds like you're getting soft really, on me, Thomas. Listen, I ain't, I'm, How soft I've is that it. sweatshirt I've right now? It. I've done it. So I've I've done my you're, time. You're done. I've done my time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, my, I'm oh, thinking man. about the people after me. They don't oh, want to do that. You want to extend these careers. All right. All right. I I get you. I get you. I do. Let me get me at a couple more points about Ryan Day <laughs> before we blow up the entire segment. <laughs> Go ahead on this on the stadium topic again. You said back there about the record against that team up north. Yes, one and two. It's one and two. And that's why this is so critical because, as you said, you get the one win here, you get it back to that even line, Mm -hmm. that 500, right? Not showing off, not falling behind. Then you come back home, flip side in 2024. So you got the fans at the shoe, outside at the shoe. Really happy to be there outdoors for the Michigan game. You, you seen that nice? Then, you seen that nice weather this past year? Beautiful, wasn't it great? Oh, it's great. It was very enjoyable. Why do you need a dome? It's beautiful weather out there. <laughs> Go ahead. And so then you win that game and you're three and two. And look, like the, this is the, the separation between what some people's thoughts are on him and his accomplishments, and what he's actually done as a football coach. Like the. Just the the optics of it, right? Yeah. Because of those two games. <laughs> it's crazy when you look at what his win-loss record is, He's but lost. the fact that just a couple of losses have kept you from even getting to two more Big Ten championship games. Yeah. It's and only, just a, a he's little only lost two big ten games. That's what I'm saying, man. And then just a it's tiny insane. breakdown from your defense at the end of two thousand twenty three, some you know, 22. shots some 2022, I'm sorry. Shooting yourself in the foot a little bit in just a game, getting wacky despite you having a better team than Clemson in 2019. These are razor-thin margins. I just find that Ryan Day is such a fascinating case right here Yeah, for the differences in how, I won't say how small or how little your legacy can be because I don't think it's that. I wouldn't want to put that on him. But just, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The separations from his legacy just being almost half written right now. Like if he had, think of Kirby Smart and what he's doing. That guy Easy. is not really that far away, right? <laughs> Coach-wise from where Ryan Day is, he's his journey. Two, he's two rings ahead. He's got two freaking rings. Yeah. But ultimately, how much is that? It is a big deal 
But when push comes to shove, I mean, that game, just Ohio State and Georgia, how Marvin Harrison's injury, Cade Stover's injury, those small things Mm -hmm. that could have had the Buckeyes beating them and not the other way around. Now he's got two, you got none. And that could take a lifetime to get. I mean, that would have been one of those ones. Like That's that's like Urban beating Nick Saban. Like That was one of those type of wins that Ryan Day had the chance to get. And you know what? The crazy thing, the crazy thing is is that if you know Ryan Day at all, if you ever interviewed him, ever had a conversation with him, you understand that genuinely he's an authentic, really good guy. You know, he's somebody that you can cheer for. And that's why so everybody, you know, that's around him that covers the team wants him to win so bad because it's very rare, you know, you get a college coach that actually care about players and, you know, look out for their best interests and, you know, stand on the front line and make sure that they're good, their well-being is good, mental health is good, all of those things. So he's a guy that's easily to cheer for, root for, and you want him to find a way to win these games. Um, and I think he will. You know, I think he will. Um, like I said, last year, him the way he coached that Georgia game. If he continues to coach like that for the rest of his career, I th- I think they'll be fine. They they probably won a couple of championships by now when he's aggressive like that. Yeah, you're he right. He shows that he has what it takes to go up against these juggernaut teams and beat them. Just a couple of injuries, you know. It's just some things. Yeah, he's it's, an it's, offensive it's, coach. It's literally a couple of things in these big games that separate. You know, Clemson. You know, Sean Wade gets ejected. You know, a fumble is not a fumble. You get those things. Chris George, Olave zigs when he should have zagged. Yeah, yeah. George, the, the the Georgia game this year. You know, you, you cut your injuries start to take place. Your number one receiver and tight end goes down. Defense kind of breaks down in the second half. Yep. You know, it's just those things that is kind of out of his control. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's well, actually. You, doing what you he's supposed say that, to do. You say that, but as good as the offensive performance was, there'll still be people that'll look at those last two or three drives and how they stalled out, how you could have done more, mm-hmm. you know, and not, you know, calling the right plays that led to that 50-yard field goal. There's still, there will still be that. Yeah. But overall, pretty good offensive performances for an offensive coach. Yeah. And it's the defense. that It's a team, though, right? You're in charge of the whole ship. Everyone's got to be in unison Working together, doing it. That's your defensive coaches, your defensive players, along with everything that's that's your bread and butter. But that's what makes this a little bit fun and interesting, how this is going to go this season. All right, a development over the weekend could cause a shakeup in our new era of college football, including right here in Columbus. More on that next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fam. If you don't like listening to Morning Juice, Bobby Carpenter's man nipples will punch you in the face. For real. You want to fight, do you? Weekdays from 6 to 9. The Fan. Just counting down the days to March Madness. Back to the Buckeye Show. Timmy and Tyvis on a Tuesday. A lot of fun things to talk about throughout the rest of the show. Coming up here in the next segment, Storytime Tuesday. With our guy Tyvis, something you will want to hear, a tale you'll want to hear about the 2015 season, the one that Tyvis was so jacked up about and the chance to repeat as national champs. We know that didn't happen, but mm, mm, still, uh, 2014 champs lives forever. Still the, the most recent title here at Ohio State. It's, it's close. A, it's a crime. Yeah, it's a crime. It's I mean, a right? Crime. Nine years is too much. It should have been. That should have been broken a long time. ago. I know. I know. I feel like if you grab one, like one every ten years, that's pretty damn good, though. Like if you think about history, 
I know it feels worse because Georgia's going for a three-peat. And the way college football has been stacked at the top mm-hmm. lately, it's it seems like if you get into a you know championship mode, there's a lot of dynasty building. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like what Alabama's done, Clemson there for a minute, Georgia now two in a row. It'd be nice if Ohio State could get on that train. They should have been there by now. Like that's the thing. Like if I'm a if I'm a high school recruit and I'm ch- deciding where I want to go, you know, it's a couple of things. You know, you think about development, and if you look at Ohio State resume, obviously they develop you know receivers well. The D line does well. Corners used to be the secondary used to be really good. You know, linebackers. Everybody that comes to Ohio State typically does well on the next level. So that's boom. You got that. You want a family atmosphere. You get that because Ohio State's the coaching staff. They do a great job of making you feel like you're home and you're always welcome there. The last thing is you know. Can I win a national championship here? And obviously, you know, Ohio State's always in the thick of things. They're always somewhere in the middle of, especially with it going to 12 teams. Like Ohio State should always have their hat in that race to win in the national champion. And you think you go around the country, you ask, you know, what's the, what's your top four teams? Typically, Ohio State's in there. So they should at some point with the recruits that they beat, what they're getting, they should at some point be able to put this whole thing together. Now that there's another, you know, Jim Knowles is here, his defense should be established. Things should be put in place, and they should be getting the championship. I, it shouldn't take another 12 years like it did the last time. All right, some story time Tuesday coming up in the next segment. This this was very interesting, this headline and this story and where this is going to go. As you know, we, we know, we're in this new era of college football. This is wild what's going on. I don't know if you ever in a million years thought that you'd be taking a job for basically a, a fundraising arm for Ohio State football. Like, bo- born too early, right, Tyvis? Man. For you? Yeah, don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah, yes, but <laughs> part of part of Tyvis's new gig with the 1870 Society is just being, uh, being the guy that, that reaches out to, like, how would you describe it? My job? My yeah. job is to... Uh... I'm just the guy that, you know, helps these players, you know, understand, you know, what NIL does and how this, you know, how we can connect them and make sure that they're mm-hmm. maximizing them their uh, full potential in NIL. Yeah, it seems like, you know, like uh, college basketball or college football programs, they they often will employ former players that aren't full-blown assistant coaches. Maybe they're on that path mm-hmm. to it, but... They are guys that are either, you know, A, recognizable figures. Yeah. Someone that's really good at, at conveying a message and, you know, holding up the product that is Ohio State. You're, you're all three of those things. Like, you're, oh, thank you, you're, you're good at all three that, of those man. things. Thank you. Very personable. You're someone that I would, a great salesman for Ohio State. <laughs> I put it that way. I mean, I, it's how you can kind of take over a room. I, yeah, I think I do a great job. Yeah, yeah. Of, uh, you know, talking about Ohio State and you know, saying all the good things about it. And look, like when you're getting recruited now with name, image, and likeness, and the ability to to score some cash on this for guys that are in high school and they're hearing about some of these offers that are beyond their wildest dreams. You got to keep up. And we've heard, you know, Chris Holtman and Ryan Day talk about this at all these different events that they've been putting out, and it's just like the same thing over and over. And I don't think. 
either one of them really understand where this is ultimately going to go and what kind of rules will, or safeguards will be put in place. If there's going to be some federal legislation about it, how's it going to differ between state laws with what you can take? It's all fascinating because it's ongoing. Yeah. If this is going to turn into just straight up pay for play, <laughs> I think it kind of will when it's all said and done. But what the IRS put out you uh, put out this past weekend had to scare a lot of people, you know, people that have donated to some of these collectives already mm-hmm. and the collectives that have been set up as as nonprofits. The, it's interesting because you have joined one that is absolutely for profit. Yes. So someone saw something that was ahead of this and felt that the winds could change quickly. But when the IRS puts a memo out and it was the chief counsel's office and they basically said, and the thing you got to realize is that they, they, they prefaced it by saying, or they ended it by saying it should not be used or cited as precedent. So essentially it's an opinion piece. I don't know what the next step is, where it goes, if this ultimately is just factual, because one of the collectives was putting something out. I think it was the the foundation saying, you know, all the donations are still tax exempt, whatever. But this is exactly what that memo is saying, that donations to these nonprofit collectives should not be tax exempt, should not be a write off, which would matter a whole lot if you were giving hundreds of thousands or a million dollar donation. Very, very big ramifications. And part of the reason was they said that a lot of the stuff that's connected to charities, in most cases, the benefits are provided to the athletes to serve their private interests more so than the interests of the public, because when we're talking about funneling to charities are we just paying the players or is it going to charitable foundations where is it going this this was just uh i think a wild development that a lot of people saw coming mm-hmm. that kind of may had some movement this past weekend and ultimately five years from now we're probably going to get some strict rules about maybe i don't know if it's dollar amounts or what have you, or you know where you know when actual payments are going to be coming to players? <laughs> yeah, that's, by the university or other entities. I mean, Could we professionalize? I don't know. That's where you know everybody believes that that's the direction that is heading in. You know, everybody's trying to find loopholes, and right now it just seems like to me it's like the NCAA is kind of hands off of this, and they want the government to be the ones to put down some rules and regulations on it. So that everybody would abide by it. But as far as the NCAA, I don't think they step in in any, any way, form or fashion. But yeah, I see, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a nonprofit and I see the IRS put this out, yeah, it would definitely scare me for sure. Because it's like, it's like one of the key benefits is that it's like you could write it off for your taxes. You know, it's like. Absolutely. So that if they're taking that, when it's away, that much money, yeah, there's saying. a lot of tax credits. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. To like, be had. So they t- if they take that <laughs> away from them, then it's like then that's like the biggest edge that they had on all yeah. the other things. I would love to experience that one day. Like if I hit the mega millions and I have so much money that I could give massive donations, wouldn't that be nice? Then I could speak from experience on what the tax credits look like, but. When your donations have to be rather small because of the money that you make, well, I don't really get into that bracket for those write-offs, you know? I'm trying to think. I think I've been taxed six figures in my career when I played. I feel like I gave up a lot of money, Ooh. especially in Cali. Yeah, in Cali for sure I did. What am I talking about? Yeah, I got I got taxed six figures in Cali. Taxed six figures? Yeah. 
Must be nice. No, it, no, it's not. It's not at all. Would you rather had less? You're starting to sound like Phil Mickelson no, it, now. No, you not. rather have less? No, you don't want to be. T- <laughs> I'd rather have all the money. That's what I. I'd rather oh, have well, yeah, dollar. yeah, of course. If but would you rather? It. Would you rather have less <laughs> off the top? You, know you make more. You're gonna get the. the you're people, gonna get the more on the taxes. The, the wealthy people say that once they get all the money, you know that's not the true happiness that you think it is. So. You know, they say they, they like when things was better in life when they were working towards mm-hmm. getting the money, yeah. but not actually having the money. That's what they say. I don't know. That's what they say. It's And back to the story here where the IRS puts out that memo that's it's stating, you know, in the opinion piece that any of these donations to the nonprofit collective should not be tax exempt. It's, it's not something that would short term affect anything because guys that have, you know, players that have been paid, like that's fine. Like they're not going to be giving any money back that's going to be on you know what like tough like if tax season <laughs> comes around and you thought it was tax exempt but it's not your money's still gone right it's not like the players are going to be giving it back or anything but until it gets solved and all figured out maybe it changes <laughs> the fundraising game for a quick minute tough. you know because Maybe guys aren't as willing to fork. I would imagine, yes, some people that have given up big donations might not want to until the, until they know what's coming. You just have to know going into the donation. Can I expect that this is a tax write-off, or am I good with it not being? Am I good just giving the money away and making a gift, basically? It depends on how much money you it have. It depends on how much if you I, have. If I got made yeah. millions, I say, here, take it. Hey man, if I'm if I'm like a T Boone Pickens, like what he is at Oklahoma State, and I just have mega millions, and I just want to give a five million dollar cash gift to funnel to some of those players, so we can stay up in the recruiting game, and you know, so be it. Their OSU is is better off for it, then so be it. But that's it's interesting where this is going to go. All right, like we said, gather around, everyone. Listen real well. Story time Tuesday, straight from our member of the 2014 National Championship team, Tyvis Powell, the wildest ride in the history of Buckeye football. I can't wait to hear this one about the 2015 season coming up. It's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. We're the highest-rated sports radio station in America. There's no joke there. We just are. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. Brutus is their homeboy. This is the Buckeye Show. Timmy and Tyvis on a Tuesday. Hope you guys are doing well. Hey, the fan is teaming up with 10TV for the Beat the Heat kickoff. Let's make sure Central Ohio's most vulnerable stay cool this summer. So drop by the Lowe's at 2345 Silver Drive near Historic Crew Stadium and drop off a new box fan or go inside the store purchase one to donate it all goes down friday from 10 a.m to 6 30 p.m for more info head to 971 thefancom story time tuesday Ooh, oh we so tyvis what'd we come up with from your playing days at ohio state you were you were definitely a part of some of the most interesting seasons this century <laughs> at ohio state for the football team with the the win in 2014 and trying to go back to back in 2015 yeah it's uh it wasn't the year wasn't uh didn't go the way that a lot of people thought that it would go you know we 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 came in we were very a very cocky team you know obviously coming off a national championship and looking at what we had coming back you know we just knew 
that we would make it to the uh, championship the game. Yeah, the playoff at least. Yeah. So <laughs> too too cocky. You think you were too cocky? Was that a part a of it? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. But you know, it was it was it was warranted. We we we've earned the ability to do that. So yeah. Yeah. obviously, coming into that season, you know, it was a ton of quarterback controversy. You know, obviously, JT. You know, took us to the team of North game, gave us the record that we had, gave us a shot. But Cardell was ultimately the one that won the Big Ten championship, beat uh, Alabama, and obviously won the national champion. So everybody wanted to know who would be the starting quarterback. Well, obviously, we went with Cardell Jones. Okay, <laughs> so this is he was my pick for it. So this is where things get interesting. Okay, so if you ask Cardell about this, Cardell will tell you that although he was the starting quarterback. He never truly felt like he was the starting quarterback. Yeah. He felt like he was always on a short leash. You know, one mistake or two, a couple mistakes, boom, JT would go in. And obviously, everybody knows the bond that, you know, Cardell and JT had. Obviously, I got to see it firsthand because I share rooms with Cardell and JT. We always hung out together. You were the father. Yeah. So I was there, you know, watching my son and my grandson go back and forth in video (laughs) games and stuff like that. (laughs) So was this back in the uh, N64 GoldenEye era? No, no, no. no. Not that that long ago. No, no. That was my college days. So GoldenEye. The part of this story that, that makes it interesting is obviously we had a ton of weapons on offense and you know the first couple first game against virginia tech the offense looks great we go against hawaii the offense looks great and this is and then it starts to slow down a little bit we go against northern illinois we only win by seven yeah yeah and we play western michigan the offense is a little bit better that day then we go against indiana (laughs) we go 34 to 27 Right. And this is about right around this time is where things start get rocky. You know, a defense is starting to get upset with the offense because they have so much talent. But for some odd reason, they're not producing. OK. <laughs> and it got to a point where, you know, JT will come in the game at some points. And it seems like when JT came in there, the offense just took off. Right. And <laughs> what makes it so interesting is. Everybody on the team kind of noticed this, like that JT coming to the game, the offense plays better. Why? Because maybe the play calling is more tailor-made for JT. It was still that system yeah, it was that like, JT Barrett that, excelled in. That, do, you, do you remember, by the way, the Northern Illinois game, how Cardale was so bad he was only four for nine for 36 yards? What is it? That had to fuel a lot of those feelings. My point. Two picks. <laughs> that was the game he yeah. threw two picks. <laughs> and JT only threw for 97 yards. Yeah, okay. And a pick and so, a touchdown. So, and so right, yeah, 20 to 13 so, was the so score. Right, wow. right around there is where the thing, this is where everything took the turn right here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is where the story picks up at. Love it. After that game, right? <laughs> they having a meeting at the Woody. <laughs> <laughs> after Indi- after Indiana game, yeah. After yeah. after Cardell throws the two picks. Oh, after after Northern Illinois yeah, game, right, right around it, that it. time, right around that time. It's a, it's a meeting hell with just the offense, right? Now, obviously, I get to hear about these things because my roommate is Cardell, right? So yeah, they have a they have a meeting with the basically it's the wide receivers, and they take a vote. <laughs> On who they like better as a quarterback. What? <laughs> I know. I know. It was wild. It was wild. And believe it or not. No coaches were involved in this. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't I don't remember if they Guys, were. What do you think? I don't remember if they were or they wasn't. But the thing is, it was a vote taken. And 
I think I, if the, and let's say it's ten receivers on the rosters, yeah, nine of the ten voted for JT. And one voted for Cardio. Wow. And it was the most interesting thing in the world to me. And I and I get it because like I say, the offense was clicking a little bit better, but I think that our coaching staff needed to do a better job of understanding the type of quarterback that Cardio was. Like they were calling JT type plays for Cardell. And Cardell's like, that I if that's what y'all want to do, y'all need to put JT in the game. I'm not about to do what y'all want me to do. So it's the interesting part was that they took a vote on it and JT won the vote. And it's obviously, you know, how the season ended with JT ended up, you know, taking over the thing by the end of that season <laughs> well, becoming a starter. So it was it was quite interesting. The it, dilemma. It was and then all Ultimately, when you get to that, the bump in the road, you know, even though there were some rocky times, it did start to pick up. You smacked Penn State, obliterated Rutgers, offense okay against Minnesota and Illinois. You know, defense played very well in those games, you know, holding uh, Minnesota to 14, oh, oh, Illinois to three. Of course. Yeah, we yeah, did. yeah. It but was... then by Michigan State, JT had another really bad game. <laughs> so then you're just wondering which way is up. That's what makes that. You know what that year put to test? That old adage that we always say in sports, ah, it's a good problem to have. You know, when you talk about your roster break, oh, I got too many good players right here. How do I pick one? Ah, it's a good problem to have. Well, they always say. Well, the thing is, it's wild. Is, is that, you know, it was so many superstars on that team. And the problem was it was too many promises being made. You know, they was trying to please everybody and try to make sure everybody was satisfied. And it was to a point where the offense was like, listen, we don't care how we win the game. We just want to look good and win the game. Yeah, yeah. And it was to the point where we got Braxton, we got Cart, we got Braxton, we got Zeke, we got Mike, we got Jalen, we got to get all these guys the ball. And it's like some, at some point, like maybe Zeke is hot. We just run the ball or some games, the receivers is hot. Let's just throw the ball. And that it was so, the offense got so frustrated that they came to a point where it was like, just do whatever it takes to win the game. We don't care about the, the targets or the carries i just win the game voted off the island yeah after the big deal coming back the return to ohio state voted off man that's wild that's wild all right once again it feels like the only thing standing in the way of another seismic shift of conference realignment is time and the pac-12's piddly tv contract in addition to that we'll get you more on the sport we know and love thank you for story time tuesday tyvis College Football Pulse. Coming up next, it's the Buckeye Show on the fan. If you haven't thought about Buckeye football today, I'm sorry to tell you that you're dead. Our condolences. Your home of the Buckeyes. The fan. What the- <laughs> it's time for the College Football Pulse on the Buckeye Show. Sponsored by The Waterworks. Trusted and certified plumbing, drain, heating, and cooling experts. Visit online at thewaterworks.com. Hour two of the program. Tyvis and I just talking a little golf in the break right there. He's asking me about golf courses, and I showed him some beautiful pictures somebody posted of Inverness Club in Toledo, Ohio. I don't know if if they got an event coming up there, but clearly that's a place that has held some big-time events. And I'm not even sure who the superintendent is right now, but whoever it is is doing a hell of a nice job (laughs) up at Inverness. So kudos to you. Uh, I love golf course superintendents because they're very dedicated to keeping the tracks that we love to play in tip-top condition. I love it. 
What a, what a track. I've not played there. I've not played up there. And it, I'd also like to get up and play Firestone up it in It almost makes me want to pick up a golf club. Yeah. That's yeah. how beautiful it is. You will. You will, man. I know uh, you got to be excited for later this week. We might have a chance to give you a little bit of Maxwell Moldovan. Our guy, Tim May, after we talked to him on the show last night. Mm-hmm. Tim May, Letterman Robe, cover the Buckeye football team forever. He's out there. He loves golf. Second straight year, he's been volunteering for the USGA at the United States Open. It was in Brookline outside of Boston last year. He loved it. Mm -hmm. He's in Los Angeles. Talk about two great venues, (laughs) two great backdrop cities. You're going to love the coverage, man, because a lot of the – this course is so close to the skyline in downtown Los Angeles. That's a nice backdrop. Yeah, so some of the par threes, they'll have the camera behind the tee box looking out towards the green, and you will see the skyscrapers in the background. That actually is pretty nice. And two of the par threes will play anywhere between 275 yards to 290 yards. You will also sometimes see par fours that are that length. Well, you drivable see, par fours where you can get some birdie action going. Well, you see a hole in one in this event. Oh my God! Well, that's the thing. Another one of these par threes can play as short as 80 yards. Think about that difference. 290 yards to 80 yards? It's insane, man. I want It's insane. I, what if I go golfing and I hit a hole in one on my first swing? Would that be it for you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would that be it? Absolutely. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be able to keep from playing again. That's the thing. It hooks you. That's the thing about that game. All right. We love this game. We love college football. Bodie will take us through some of the headlines today. Conference realignment topics? Oh, you don't say, man. Yeah, more of it. Pete Thamel of ESPN kind of put this one together. Just kind of outlining, like, what's the latest on everything? Try to gather it all, get it into one article here. He broke it down into, like, four or five different questions. Got it. Okay. I'll try to be kind of quick with this here, and then we can kind of sort through them from yeah, there. Yeah, we can go one by one. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, first up, what will Colorado do? That was his first question. He mentioned that the Buffaloes, they're not going to do anything at least until they know what the new Pac-12 deal is. Although he mentioned they are getting impatient, though. He mentioned that we should find something out this summer before the college football season for the Pac-12's new media rights deal. But the Buffs, they are uh, starting to maybe get a little impatient on waiting on that and seeing what the numbers are for a potential uh, jump back into the Big 12, which they obviously Mm. were in about a decade ago. Yeah, and you know the the thing that I think about with Colorado's involvement in this, Tyvis, is the Dion factor. If Dion is going to be really successful as a head coach, then you got to think about what kind of move can we make to get into a conference that matters, that pays like we matter, so we would have a prayer of retaining Dion and hoping that he could keep flourishing at Colorado and not use us as a stepping stone. So I think the next move could matter a lot in that regard. I Actually, that is something that I never thought about. Do you think the Big Ten would be interested in taking Colorado? I don't know, but I'm just saying they would they've got to get out of the Pac-12 well, yeah. is my point there if they want a chance. Well, yeah, because they're not I don't nobody's going to pay top dollar to see that because there's nobody there that's pretty interesting. Only team is Oregon, Oregon and Washington. I, we talk about Washington. Yeah, we talk Washington's about Oregon. The Arizona there's, schools there's, have some appeal with uh, the weather. Uh, you don't think so? Uh, we, yeah. we talking about football and well, basketball. Arizona obviously is a good school. How about those road trips to Arizona? I take it. Seems <laughs> hit about right. 
I yeah. take it. But Late no. November games. No, yeah. In night, Arizona, you can kick please. Off at night, seven thirty. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because it's four thirty there. Yeah. If Colorado's smart, they go to the Big Twelve because they be essentially one of the better teams in there, and they could win that conference. Now that Texas and Oklahoma's leaving. All right. Next point of the article was next up. Who else could end up jumping into the Big Twelve as well? Uh, we know, obviously, as we said, there Colorado is certainly a team. Uh, the Big Twelve also had an on-campus visit with the reigning men's national. Uh, men's national champs, the UConn Huskies. So that would obviously be much okay. more of a uh, basketball move, maybe than a football one, but nonetheless. And UConn could be a top choice if none of the four corner schools, which is Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, uh, jo- and Colorado is one of the four as well. If none of those other three join Colorado. So maybe UConn, maybe the Big 12 says, hey, we're just going to be awesome at basketball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, UConn football was okay for a minute there. Yeah, with, when they were um, in the Big East, first run yeah. Randy Edsel. Yes, yep. Second run Randy Edsel sucked. Yeah, not so hot. You realize that he was that was two visits, two stops for Edsel. UConn, tours, Maryland. Yeah, two tours at UConn. Second one not so good. They, uh, I think he announced that he was stepping down midway through the season. I remember and then that. Something yeah. happened in the next twenty four to forty eight <laughs> hours. And he came back, or maybe he didn't come back, but the AD just said, you know what, he's fired now. <laughs> you know, we, we appreciate his letter of resignation that he wants to finish out the year, but we decided he's fired now. I actually remember He that. came into the office, we had a shouting match, we were screaming, F you, no F you, no F you. And he said, you know what, you're fired, get out. Well, I mean. Something like that. But I don't know about I UConn. T- that, see, then he should have said, you can't fire me. I, I quit. quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? These guys well, have so much money. You got to get the buyout. You, you do. fire me. He already he had a buy- didn't he already have a buyout <laughs> cooking? Probably, probably. From Maryland? It's yeah. a pride thing. You didn't fire me. I quit. God. Somewhere Charlie Weiss saying two buyouts at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Kansas and Notre Dame, baby. But, uh, you know, UConn. They're not so attractive because of how that football program is. It's it's so night and day, right? National champs, top of the world in college basketball right now, which is a hell of a thing. Props to Hurley because UConn, because of their conference affiliation, I think has affected that basketball program a little bit. But the way that they came back, the way they're just so good at striking while the iron is hot. They've got five NCAA tournament championships now since the. All of them since the 90s, right? I was going to say 2000 even, almost. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think one of them came in the late 90s, but yeah. yeah it's Basically, unbelievable their success they make there. a run, they, they do win it. it. Yeah. Like they win the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> when you feel them start to get hot, just pick UConn. They'll win the tournament. <laughs> you know? I mean, they, historically, I, listen, they went on a, a run. I don't know if anybody picked them to win it all last year. Going into the season, yeah. I mean, they were... Uh, I guess they weren't an afterthought pick. Like people knew they were going to be good. Because I mean, it's you to win it all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was that was incredible. Yeah. All right, next uh, next piece here. Next up, this one ties to the first two. Can the Pac-12 keep things together? No, he mentioned, no. Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he mentioned this pretty much all rests on Commissioner George K. George Klikov, uh and their new TV <laughs> deal. If they can, he said, uh, Pete Thamel. Or, yeah, Thamel. Yeah, it rhymes with camel. I always have to remember that camel. Pete Thamel. Uh, if they can't, if the Pac-12's new TV deal can be similar to the Big 12, which delivers about 32 million annually to each school, which is just, just so absurd. So far behind the Big 10. To, and yeah, I know and the, the fact SEC. that that's a low number too is crazy. Yeah. 
But uh, that'll be the big thing for them. Can the Pac-12 have a media rights deal that comes within the ballpark of the Big 12? No, I mean, you'd say, like, what's the holdup, right? It's over. The schools are the schools. Yeah. So what's been going on, the reason that they haven't locked in on anything is because the numbers that they're hearing back at the negotiating tables have been so far behind the number they want to get to. So I'm, how do you... Like- how do you do that? How do you lock do you, into something that's a bad business deal for all your schools, right? Who do you sell it to? What, like I don't know. Apple you, TV? I don't know. Like, you don't, they're exploring everything. They're exploring the streaming services. But they just don't have... There's nobody outside of Oregon. They don't have an Ohio State, man. That's what I'm they saying. They don't have they an Ohio it. State, a Michigan, a Bama, a Georgia... They just don't have those guys. They're like, yes, I we got to have that team. The Pac-12 and Big 12 need to merge together. That they make it three, and then ACC is the lone one. God, merging the two medium level conferences together. But what? <laughs> there are guys leaving, leaving that conference to go. Well, wait a minute, wait, wait. No, who's joining the the Big Twelve now? BYU, Central Cincinnati. Florida, Houston, and Cincy. Yep. So okay, no one is. We're just discussing Pac twelve teams leaving to join the big 12 yeah so that's an interesting be a nice move idea i mean it'd make it interesting merge it together yeah then there's your west yeah. and there's yeah, your yeah, central yeah, it ain't that far <laughs> but, away yeah. from each other You're, all the flights would be not that long unlike usc versus ohio State. oh i mean central florida to washington would be a pretty big well, I, guess that, I, 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 I didn't think about that one i guess that is one yeah a little big of a poke there but uh we decided to stop paying attention to those things with conference realignment long ago all right uh, we could switch subjects there Next one here, Bode. Next up, uh, this is from CBS Sports. We got the top five, best five, whatever, uh, college football running back rooms entering this upcoming season. A very Big Ten East uh, heavy list here. Number one, Michigan. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Penn State. So you got the three teams there. (laughs) And then at four, Georgia. And five, Oregon. So we got the, I mean, we got like six running backs. So, yeah. I mean, I guess that's. That's about right. I, I mean, would, you start with Corman Edwards, yeah, I both was, back from Michigan. Yeah. Mine and Travion, both back at Ohio State. And then uh, th- th- both Dallin guys, Hayden's though. a hell of a number three option, right? Dallin Hayden is a hell of a number three option. And you Pryor, got more guys beyond that with Evan Pryor. Yeah, Chip if he gets Trano, healthy. Xavier Johnson. You got Nicholas Singleton at Penn State. He was really good as a freshman. They, yeah, they're top Catron two. Allen. Yeah, yeah. They're top two freshmen. Both almost had 1,000 yards. That's a... Uh, That'll work. Of course, we're going to be watching Drew Alar, their new quarterback at Penn State. That uh, big-time expectations for that QB. And Georgia, who you got there? Dewan Edwards and Kendall Milton, both guys coming back. Yeah, and uh, Georgia, they just feel like a school that's kind of been a maybe a sneaky running back you, right? I mean, you look at some of the guys oh, they've man. played in the league. Oh, maybe not yeah. even sneak, sneaky, actually, just flat-out good. Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb. Uh, Gurley, Todd you know, Gurley. Before before RFs, that, you like a No Sean guy. Moreno yeah. going back a little bit. Ooh, yeah. No Sean pumped Dude, him into the league great. like as well as anybody here in recent. Uh, yeah, memory. that's true. That well, is true. They're gonna have to have a good. I just don't think. Feel like we're missing one too. I just don't feel think like we're missing a big Georgia back offensively. You do? I just don't think so. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're, they're I think just, coming off of two national titles. Just, yeah. They're fine. They're firing on all cylinders. They'll they'll replenish. I they'll just get the QB. Don't think that they go make the CFP 
this EFP. Wow, their schedule is wow. too easy not to. Odds on, yeah, I, I do, man. Make it, man. Odds on favorite to win the title to three, and that's with people understanding how difficult it is to three-peat at something. Dang, that's not going to happen. All right, all right, we shall see. All right, I wanted to share some thoughts that I have with my friend Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch today, but turns out you know, he was sitting around not knowing if he had to coach some t-ball tonight, and he got the call that it's a rain out. Yeah. So he can now come on the show. So we can all talk together about some Buckeye basketball offseason topics. A little bit of what we hit on. Tease the podcast where you can find uh, that discussion. Because we won't be able to have him on for as long as when I was on with him earlier today. You was on that long? <laughs> that was like 35 minutes or so yeah. of just good like Buckeye basketball content. But we'll talk to him next. Haven't caught up with Adam in a while. See what's going on in the offseason. What he's hearing about Buckeye hoops. You got the Buckeye show on the fan. A lot has changed in 30 years, but we're still that old shoe that feels worn in and well-loved. And well, we smell a little, but you've accepted that. The Fan, Buckeye Talk, and the latest updates on Ryan Day's beard. You're listening to The Buckeye Show. Timmy and Tyvis on this Tuesday night. Hope you guys are having a good one so far. I'm going to talk some Buckeye men's basketball right now. Off-season topics here in the middle of June, Tyvis, as we go to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline and talk to our guy from the dispatch, Adam Jardy. Adam, thanks for having me on your pod earlier. I saw you just posted a link. I retweeted it, guys. Uh, good to have you on, bud. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, for uh, yeah coming on and let me uh, repay the favor here. It's good to talk, as always. Yeah, so I guess you know part of the, the gist, I won't give it all away because we talked pretty in depth a lot longer than we'll be able to have you on for just this segment here but you and I both and a lot of Buckeye basketball fans are pretty keen on the backcourt and you look at Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale and what they did late in 2000 in in the 22-23 season what they can carry over with big off seasons going into 23-24 what is it for you when you look at both players Adam like what each gives and what your expectations are yeah, I think from for Bruce Thornton, you know, that's a guy that moved into a leadership role pretty early and became a captain as a freshman. And I think you just you build a lot of your team around what he can give you, you know, on both ends of the court certainly, but in in that locker room. I think he's a dude that is like a foundational piece for where this program hopes to go these next couple of years. And I think then you you mirror that with uh, a classmate in Roddy Gale who you know, we kept seeing flashes of it last year where, man, like he can be a high level impact player in like very little spurts. And then at the end of the season, he really came on. And, you know, the challenge now, I think, is obviously he's got to do that on a, on a consistent basis. But I mean, you know, there's there we've we heard for many, many months about like, you know, Roddy's going to get there. And when the light switch flips, especially next season, you're really going to see it. And I think we got a really good glimpse of that at the end of the year. And I think the potential for what those guys can grow into. Uh, was it Al McGuire that said the best thing about freshmen is that they become sophomores? Um, I'll give that to Al. That sounds like <laughs> a, an Al thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think those guys took some lumps and I think you have to expect that they're going to take a step forward next year. And that gives you an exciting, still young, but an exciting backcourt. Mr. Jardy, when I look Hello, at sir. When I look at <laughs> when I look at this OSU team and what Chris Holtman has done, I think of Malachi Branham and I think of Bryce Sensabaugh. 
two guys that was freshmen that came in and one it went in the first round. The other one we believe is going in the first round. When you look at this incoming freshman class, is there a guy that has that same skill set that could potentially be a one and done type of guy? You know, I don't know if I would say the same skill set, but I think if you're looking at like a dude who could project to as like, oh, if he plays really well, he could he his stock could go high enough. I mm-hmm. would look at like a Scott a Scotty Middleton because he is tall, he's lanky, he's athletic. Um, you know, he he could very well be like if he really just dials in on like two things that he can really do this year at a high level. That he could be a three and D guy and. Everybody loves a talented three and D guy. We love to say and that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, haven't, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't written three and D when it comes to Ohio State, uh, you know, in years. Honestly, they just they haven't had that kind of dude. So I do think that he has that kind of one. If there's a one and done on this roster, I would say he's the most likely to do it. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, Devin Royal can put the ball in the hoop, and he can be, <laughs> you know, he can be a fun dude to watch. So. Um, Uh, I would put them one and two in that order right now. So one of the guys that we did not talk about on the pod that you had me on, and again, you can uh, see the link on Adam's Twitter account. He's at Adam Jardy, our friend from the Columbus Dispatch. He's on uh, right now on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Zed Key to me is so interesting. Just with what are, I mean, you know everything about him, the way you've covered the team, but the natural progression, like you said, you know, he's not a, he's not a freshman. He gave you pretty good stuff as a freshman. And then you're supposed to take this size belief as a sophomore. And then as a junior, the team was there for him. It was there for the taking. And now he's coming off of an off season where he'll be injured. What are we going to get? Like, where's this going? How do you try to sum up what his career has been so far? You know, I think it's been one that we have, if you look at the numbers and the production, it's been steady growth. It's been like what, you know, 10, 15 years ago, what you would expect from, you know, a, a, a typical college basketball player. He's going to play a little bit as a freshman. He's just going to continue to grow and build his game a, as his career goes on. The unfortunate thing is that we just, you know, we won't know what last season ultimately could have been because we only saw the healthy Zed you know, right up until that Purdue game. And it's, yeah. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that the season kind of took a nosedive when he went down uh, because he had played, it's, it's easy revision of history to kind of forget about it, but like he had played at a pretty darn high level leading into that. I mean, playing, you know, a productive dude, putting up double doubles, anchoring that offense, doing things in the post that, you know, you could rely on him on a team with so many new faces last year. Like you knew, at least until the injury, if you dumped it into Zed, he was probably going to score. And that went away as soon as as soon as that shoulder popped out. And so, um, you know, I think he's a guy that comes into this season with a lot to prove. Um, He's a guy that I think is going to have a chip on his shoulder because he knows, you know, how well Felix played in his absence. He knows that, you know, they're two different types of players. But I think he's going to play, you know, 20 odd minutes a game, just like I think Felix will. But he's going to be pushed a lot more for playing time than, than he certainly was last year. And I think it's going to be a big a big challenge for him to to continue to take that next step, especially when you're coming off losing six months with a shoulder injury. Love the competition aspect of it. It always brings out the best of these players. Um, you know, the, the NBA, or not the NBA, it should be the NBA, but college basketball, this transfer portal has really shifted things. You know, teams are going deep in there and having a brand new team. Obviously, the Buckeyes were very active in the rec- in the transfer portal this year. When you look at those guys, what do they bring to this team, and which one do you think will excel? I think the biggest addition is a Jamison battle because he will fill that 
sort of, you expect him to fill that similar role to what Justice Suing at, at his optimum, you know, production looked like, you know, sort of similar to maybe what Bryce Sensabaugh was doing. I mean, like Timmy and I were talking earlier, like he's a dude that scored 18 a game in the Big Ten two years ago. Like you're bringing in a guy who knows how to score and contribute at this level. So I think he slots in right now as a significantly impactful player. I'm really interested to see how a, Dale Bonner is a, a grad transfer from Baylor. And, you know, that's a dude that just steadily worked his way up from the lower division to division one to now, you know, coming back to Ohio. And we just talked about that youthful backcourt with Thornton and Gale, but now you have a dude who's been playing with some really talented guys in at Baylor in the big 12, you know, for the last two years. And I think there's a lot to like about like what sort of experience and veteran presence he brings. Um, so I think both those guys are going to be impactful. They're whatever the rotation looks like for this team. I think they're in it. Um, Evan Mahaffey, the transfer from Penn State, I think has really, really high upside, but we've got to, got to see what that looks like. I'm not sure just yet on him. I know they're very high in his long-term potential, but um, I don't know where he fits this year immediately into the rotation. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. And you know what? On the subject of, of the transfer portal, I know, Tyvis, you were such a big Tanner Holden guy, and we mm. all were, like for mm. a mid-major guy coming over with those numbers, but... Wild how that works out. He came over here, the experience wasn't the greatest, and he's back to Wright State. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish that dude the best. I mean, my, my conversations too. with him and my interviews with him were always great. He was a really easy guy to talk to and get along with. I don't ever got, I never got the impression he was like a problem on the team or in the locker room. No. I, I don't, you know, it just, it just didn't work. And, you know, that happens with up transfers. And so, you know, it's unfortunate. And, you know, what would he have looked like, um, you know, maybe if, if things had gone a little differently and he's coming back this season? Like, boy, I don't, I don't know. But um, I'd, love, I'd love to see him do really well and get to end that college career on a high note. Me too. Yeah, and you know what it was, really, talking about the transfer portal. And Gene Smith had comments about this. And when they talked to Holtman about the way the season was going, they needed to play the freshman. I think there was yeah. the concerted effort to play the freshman. And he kind of fell, uh, fell by the wayside there because they didn't want to lose the guys that they had recruited the natural way oh natural the high school recruits but that's, that's the way that went adam jardy the columbus dispatch with some good buckeye hoops offseason topics thanks man and again uh, check his twitter account at adam jardy or my twitter account for the link to the podcast when i joined him earlier today appreciate it buddy uh sorry about the t-ball game but you know you can think about the next one now get ready for the next one <laughs> shout out shout out to my westerville cardinals westerville cards let's go guys a bad name should be the reds but it's all right uh, you know, what we are actually, um, well, uh, my son's team just beat the Reds the other night in, uh, in green hat baseball. So, uh, apologies to you. Oh man, it's too bad. All right, Adam, good stuff, buddy. <laughs> Thanks guys. Yep. There he goes. Adam Jardy of the Columbus dispatch. All right. I've, uh, been wanting to talk about this all night Been looking forward to this one, the Buckeye question of the day, the Buckeye show question of the day here. I want you guys to tell us if you haven't already throw them to the Twitter account at the Buckeye show. What is your perfect college football Saturday? What does it consist of from sun up to sundown? We'll build you our days, our perfect days. Next, it's the Buckeye Show on the Fam. Chops his serial killer eyes, and Reeser can grow a full beard before lunch. What can your friends do? Bishop and Friends. Weekday mornings at 9. The Fan. Stickers on helmets make us happy. This is the Buckeye Show. Timmy and Tyvis on a Tuesday night. Hope you guys are doing well. I tweeted out before the show. I said, using only emojis, describe 
your perfect college football Saturday. And mine was kind of, you know, a little sunrise, cup of coffee, eggs, bacon, lots of beer mugs, then a TV, then all the footballs, then a microphone, because I'm getting on here and talking about the football game, the Buckeye football game, with all you fine folks with the post game. Then another TV for some nighttime watching, then some more beers, little nightcap beers, then getting tired, a yawning emoji, and then the Z's, and then a bed, because I'm going to bed. So I want to know. I don't know from uh, the two of yous what your perfect college football days look like. Are you say? Are you asking me as a player or as I am now? I think as you are now. Okay. I think I want to know Tyvis now in the role that you're in. Okay. You get to watch if you're going to do some pregame or postgame activities. Just what do you enjoy that? Are you good with that being a part of your college football Saturday? I just I want to know from the time the alarm clock goes off to the time you go to bed. What is involved in your day? everything what's perfect okay so perfect saturday for me is the buckeyes playing at 3 30 why 3 30 because that means i get to sleep in because if you don't know me and maddie ice have the first pregame show of the day and you don't the, want that 6 30 a.m exactly, show for no, a noon kickoff no i don't i don't i want to yeah. be able to sleep in for a little bit so so you want that nine thirty yeah, start, right? Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. Okay. 12, so three thirty. If that's yeah. the case, okay. Ten a.m. Actually, is that what time? Yeah, it is? ten a.m. You that, guys would start even, for three thirty. Even better. Okay. So we get there. Well, well, I wake up in the morning. I wake up about six thirty, seven o'clock. Anyways. Yep. So I wake up. Boom. Be able to play with my kids. Make some breakfast. I say on this day. What are you I, having for breakfast? That's what I was about to say. We're gonna have pancakes mm. and bacon with some eggs what's that, in the pancakes sp- strawberries i'm a strawberry yeah. lover All right. just in the pancake mix or on top on top i don't want it in whipped on- cream absolutely good yes. syrup what pure maple no not pure come maple. on i'm a i'm a aunt jamama yeah Jum- get out of here with that crap <laughs> If you want to do, you want to get to Sam's Club or Costco, buy the big, huge, honking thing of pure maple syrup. Anyways. Done. Big money. I'm, I'm, you know. Any- don't, don't, don't start with me. What? Don't start with me. You got big money. That's, don't start with me with that. You can afford those things. No, Anyways. No, no. Anyways, so I'm going to eat that. Then it's time for me to get on the road, head to campus before it gets chaotic. Um, do the pregame show with Matty Ice. We're there for, for about, what, two and a half hours. Have a great pregame. Then I'm going to get up on stage, do my thing, probably have to meet with some recruits, you know, to talk about me as a former player at OSU, give them my experience. Um, then I'll head to the Hollywood Casino where I'll see my best friend in the whole wide world, Timothy Hall, sitting there waiting for me. And I'll talk to the fine folks at the casino and we'll we'll have a good time there eating some of that great food. Mike's the pe- late yes, night pizza. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This, I was waiting to talk about the spicy-ass pepperoni. What a beautiful pie that is. Big floppy slices. Yeah. Little spice, little sweet. And I got the banana get, peppers on it. And I got to get the egg rolls. <laughs> get thrown, yeah, pizza with the egg rolls. Yep, that's my thing. And then after that, after we'll pack that. 12 action at night. Yeah, I'll probably finish watching some Pac-12 and fall asleep to it. You know, they... Watch Joshua Perry on Big Ten Network. He's not on there well, anymore. Well, yeah, used to be. Now on NBC. He's too big time now. Now you watch him on NBC. I don't know if, if they're doing a late night show or if he's just going to be on there. 
I don't know. I midday will, action. You know what? I will see him next Saturday. Yeah. I think he would be on late night. And I'll right? ask him, and I'll have that answer for you. Yeah. Let's see, find out what the coverage is. All right, Bodie, your perfect college football Saturday. Oh, and a Buckeyes win, of course. Buckeyes win. All right, Timmy. I uh, So for the last five college football you know, Saturdays, I've been right here, right? You're looking at it. My last five years day, yeah, yeah, my, is, is having here, a different yeah. job my where perfect you're not locked in a studio? Is not being here. Okay, that's what we're going to start with. That. <laughs> Titus is still doing the pregame show with Maddie. Yeah. I don't know who's running the board. You're not running not the board. Gonna be me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someday. I'm going to wake yeah. up, have my uh, bowl of oatmeal, which I eat for breakfast every single day because it's amazing. And I what's love in it? it? Uh, what's in it? We go some egg whites. Throw some uh, peanut butter in there, a little bit of chocolate, just a little bit, because it okay. tastes amazing. That's right. not good for it's you. It's not the worst bowl of oatmeal some, uh, I've ever heard. Bananas, can, frozen bananas. There's something about the frozen. Just get a little crunch. I don't I know understand. why. But wait I understand. Wait a minute. Man. You put egg whites in oatmeal? Yes, I do. Yeah. Judge me. I don't care. I love it. I'm going to eat it every day. Let me I'm hear that. So, to so, no, because I might try it. Oat- just the whites. So oatmeal, egg Or the whites, beaters. Same thing. Banana, frozen bananas. Yep. Little bit of chocolate. The Nesquik. Uh, and what's the last thing? Um, peanut butter. Peanut, peanut butter. butter. All yep. right. We got to move on, though, because we, we did right. the oatmeal there. Yeah. That sounds fine. I'm going to walk the dog, get a workout in, because I know I'm not going to uh, leave the couch basically all day. How early are and we then, right now? Uh, like nine. I'm okay. Not, so yeah. we're sleeping in a little yeah, bit. Yeah. We're not setting no alarm clock. We're just getting up whenever the good Lord tells me it's time Absolutely. to get up. And uh, we are going to, yeah, walk the dog, get a workout in. Hope that there's a good noon game on because that always gets the day started on a good noon game. I'm I'm in uh, same window of Tyvis. Love when the Irish play at two thirty. NBC's been doing that a lot in the last recent years, more of the two thirty than the three thirty, and that's perfect for me. And uh, we're pretty much just watching college football day. At some point, we'll probably order some pizza and wings, and we're really not leaving the couch again until maybe at some point in the afternoon. Try to find a slot in between the three thirty and night games where the dog once again comes up and says, "Hey, you've been sitting on your rear end all day." Can we go for another walk? Then we do that. And then, uh, yeah, catch whatever the big primetime game is and then fall asleep to either Pac-12 after dark or even <laughs> even Hawaii. If you can catch a whole late, one of those late night Hawaii games, that is a uh, pretty simple for me. Just waking up, pretty much just chilling all day and uh, hoping Notre Dame wins and watching a whole lot of college football. It definitely, it definitely ends with that sort of watching a football game through your magic eyelids. Where you're t- you're retaining some of the stuff from that Mountain West or Pac-12 game, and you just drift away on the couch. It's, it's amazing. It's it is. So it's good. just an, it's, it's a, so good. Your body just shuts down, and that's the best way to go to sleep, where you just have nothing more to give because you gave it so much for the entire Saturday, and it just fades away. I had a couple responses in uh, that they gave me the emoji uh, description of their perfect college football saturday earlier uh, anise snail said uh start off with the with the clock i think he he actually gave me the time here this is uh 8 a.m wake up rising sun flip on the radio that's nice hey then he's uh, doing some farming that's great then at noon it's football time then uh, he would like some rainy slightly rainy weather then afterwards he's gonna get in a nice long run it's the uh, five little running guys there then later on, he's got like a championship trophy, like a cup thing. So I don't exactly know if that's, you know, winning a championship. Perfect college football Saturday. I get that. Then it looks like a turkey or the chicken leg. And then another kind of, you know, meat on a leg situation. Then later on, it's it's more TV. It's popcorn. 
Then later on, it's the Z's and going to bed on the couch. Yes, so I, I like that. I like that. That sets it off. Chris Blaine actually jumped in. Chris, actually, he's a, he's a hard metal uh, rocker, and he's a graphics designer. He's done some of the uh, nice work that you've seen from our stuff here, graphics at the fan. Oh, the one that I didn't get. Exactly, that it's in the works. Chris is doing it right now, actually, he told me. So he's got the rising sun, and then he goes back and forth between soccer, beer, soccer, beer. So <laughs> kind of like Beamer likes, little morning Premier League stuff, soccer. morning matches. Then he goes to football, double beer, football, double beer, football, double beer, football, double beer, football, double, double beer, football, whiskey, football, whiskey, football, whiskey, football, beer, Sheesh. bedtime. I love it. That's a lot of alcohol and a lot of footballs. Man. Which is, I think, how that goes, right? And I guess, is there a grilling emoji out there? It's got to be a grill, right? Yeah, you I don't know think. if I looked that one up. I mean, doesn't that's the pregame. Like, that's the tailgate. That's the yeah. pregame, however you're cooking the food. Huckster had uh, the alarm clock, then a bacon strip, the eggs, the coffee, the shower, four beers, sunshine, the football, the TV, three more beers, then uh, three bags of money for winning some bets. That's good. Then the pizza slice, then the beer, then the whiskey, then the beer, then the whiskey, then the beer, then the whiskey, then the TV, and then falling asleep. It's beautiful. Common theme here, beer and football, which I think makes a lot of sense. I, I'm good on the beer, but the yeah. football. Lemonade. A lot more beer than food, Lem- to be honest. Lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like him. All right, the very best with the Bucks on the social fronts today. Maybe a visit from one of our 11 Warriors guys. They're waiting in the wings. Looking at some tags next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Your home for the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, and crew. And our sincere apologies for common men singing Creed songs. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Social media can be a cesspool. Allow us to navigate the waters. Hashtag Buckeyes. Sponsored by Green and Sons. Visit Green and Sons online at greenandsons.com. Timmy and Tyvis hanging out with you guys until the end of the hour here. We will turn it over to our friends with the 11 Warriors Radio Hour. Jason Priestess, half of that show. What's up, my man? How we doing? I'm doing well. A little bit wet, uh, but, you know, we were just talking. We're dad mode. We needed this rain. Step out of the yard, look at the clouds coming out. We needed, I, we needed this. I couldn't even finish the <laughs> meme slash question. You walked in here talking about the rain, and I was like, are you one of those guys now that says, and you're like, we needed this? Mm, absolutely. <laughs> finished my sentence. Absolutely. Just a total dad thing to say, right? Yeah. Well, you got to worry about the yard, man, because yeah, yeah. you probably have green lawn or yes. one of those services. You know, this I got a is, private guy that hooks is, up the lawn. This fertilizer. Is so sad, dude. I don't have one of those. He got big money over here. He got a private lawn service. I, listen, Tim has said a couple of things this episode where it lose me to believe that Tips he, him off. he got a lot of money. Look, yeah, it's yeah, about what yeah. you find important in life. He goes to bed in a <laughs> pile of coins at night. He had his whole, he had his whole <laughs> garage redone and <laughs> oh, all. Did you see my Ikea he just bed? His, his bathroom's nice, too. Have you seen yeah, his bathroom? Yeah, yeah. Did you see the, did you see the Ikea bed we just built? No, I talked no, about this on come, yesterday's show. He's trying to show. come back down to the common man level <laughs> yeah. right now. He's like, no, I got an Ikea bed. But <laughs> yeah, I got to shop with the commoners. You got a Gucci comforter on it, don't you? Oh, man. Louie. Louie. Close wow. Yeah. Wow. Stop. Must be nice. Does Gucci do they make bedding? Do they? I'm sure they do, right? Does anybody know what brand of a comforter they oh, have? Amazon's. All mine are Amazon. Well, I guess we did get My a target. couple comforters from Ikea as yeah. well. Yeah. Like no, those nice fluffy ones. That's a lot. I got mine from Pottery Barn. 
Pottery Barn has like a brand. They make their own or do they sell a certain brand comforter? I have no idea. I don't know either. The wife did it. It's one of the ones that you got to stuff it. What is it called? A, a duvet. Duvet. Yeah, big money. The duvet. So we cut that out. So duvets are always a pain. <laughs> I have, you, I have you, a couple duvets. You got to wash them awesome. in the corners, yeah, yeah. and then you got to wash them. And I'm like, well, that's what's nice about the duvets. You can get like the nice white comforter that's fluffy, and then cover it with whatever design you yes, want. And you can yes. replace the yes. duvet in time without replacing that's the comforter. A it's a smart call. Actually, Tim, did you have some bachelor time before you're married? Were you single, living in your own place for a while? I didn't have much time got to think about young. this stuff. Yeah, yeah, we got the ball rolling. See, I didn't get, got married. The ball rolling didn't get married super young, so I had some, I'm not, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I had some time in my life where I had like, probably should have been better about washing my sheets when I was, <laughs> when I was a single man living by myself, you know, like, probably not the cleanest sheets you, in the you'd house. You'd be surprised to know this about me, though. Even before marriage, even as I was a young man, I wanted things clean, neat, and very organized. I was right. just like that. You know yeah. what? It's the greatest thing about rooming with Cardale is that he was just as clean as I was. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. We was like the cleanest two dudes you've ever been. Clean, who were the, who were the messiest on that team? I tell you what, I went to Joshua Perry's place. Uh-oh. Oh my gosh, it it was bad. You you ever go somewhere that's so bad that you start cleaning up? Folks? In college, you're talking about? Yeah, you start cleaning mm. up because it's mm. that bad. That's what I did. Interesting. Before before I don't have time because yep. this is two minutes. This will be our uh, our hashtag for the night. Our uh, our golfer, our Ohio State golfer, is out at LA Country Club. This is Maxwell Moldovan. Tim Mays out there as a volunteer. Wow. Tim caught up with Maxwell. Little chat before they start getting into the real thing. Wednesday practice round, and then the real deal Thursday morning. Here's Tim May with Max Moldovan. Your second U.S. Open, man. You're standing here at LA Country Club. You just finished another what nine holes today? Yes, sir. What, what does it feel like just to be here? It's awesome. Um, in my opinion, this is like the best experience in golf, um, just the whole week itself, and I'm um, just really thankful I was able to get in the field and um, have have a lot to look forward to this week. Dude, based on that playoff, don't you think you deserve this? I mean, uh, what, four extra, whatever it was, I mean, it was crazy, the playoff you went through, right? Yeah, we played eight extra holes, and it was a heck of a battle, and um, the guy I played, Alex Shockey, he earned every bit of it. We both played great, and... Um, now we get now we both get to play the open, so it worked out great. What do you think about this golf course, Los Angeles Country Club? Some people think it might be as hard a course as they played in a while in the U.S. Open. They haven't obviously hadn't played one here in forever. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on it? First couple of days. I think it's great. Um, I only played nine so far, um, but I think it's going to really challenge guys off the tee. You have to make tough decisions on what club to hit, and the more aggressive you are, uh, the higher the penalty is if you hit it in the rough or um, in a hazard of bunker. So it's a great test. Dude, there's like an 80-yard par three, and there's like an almost 300-yard par three. What are they doing to you guys? Uh, they're testing every club in the bag. That's what the USGA does, and uh, it's exciting. It's fun. What is the greatest thing about being in a U.S. Open field? I would think y'all get a lot of swag. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're not allowed to take it. I don't even know. You know, with NIL, who knows anymore, right? But yeah, they, what, they, what's the greatest part? Go ahead. Uh, they take good care of us. I think the greatest part is just the experience of you know being in the field. You get to soak in um, all the grandstands, the fans. Um, just feel like you're on tour for this week, so it, it's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, and last thing. Uh, these last several weeks you've been I mean have been on a tear if you is obviously you've been good for a while but I mean you know obviously you're in the US Open a year ago and stuff but are you playing your best golf right now Max? Um, my goal is just to try to continue getting better and I yeah. think from where I was last year at the Open I think I am a better player than then um, but 
Um, my goal is to just have my game in the best shape that I can Thursday morning. All right, we're excited for that. He's going to tee off Thursday at the U.S. Open in L.A. at 3.26 p.m. our time. Tomorrow's practice round, he's playing with Cam Smith, reigning Open champion at St. Andrews, and Adam Scott, who won the Masters, a couple of Aussies, and Ryan Armour, another Ohio State guy in the field. Ryan Armour's 47. This is his first U.S. Open. Maxwell's playing in it for the second straight year. He's a junior going into his senior year. But uh, Jason, a lot of good things coming up on 11 Warriors Radio Hour. Yeah, we have a really fun one packed tonight with uh, some comments on the Big Ten schedule change. You know, we do this once a week, so we got to catch up on some stuff. Oh, yeah. But uh, some good stuff in there, man. Uh, you guys see UCLA's going 26,000 miles of travel next year? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a lot, man. Yeah. A lot of uh, up in the air George Clooney miles. They right? brought it on themselves. Yeah. Tyvis, uh, good stuff, buddy. We'll see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Can't wait. 11 Warriors Radio Hour. Jason and Chris next. After that, Inside the Crew. After that, little thing called You'll See. It's all coming up on The Fan. An encyclopedic knowledge of sports and other random things you may or may not care about. I think I found my mentor. Rockman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan.